Today is Wednesday, January 13th, and this is the Honest Prayer Podcast. I'm still kind of messing with the format, obviously. This is just the second episode. Thank you so much for tuning back in if you are coming back, and thank you for tuning in for the first time if you are just finding us. So I'm not sure if saying the date is going to be a thing that I do. I think my goal for this podcast was always to be more conversational in tone and somewhere that we can learn and grow together and help each other find words in prayer for situations that come up in everyday life and to keep it, quite frankly, kind of light. The first honest prayer that I wrote down in my journal was, Dear Lord, help me as my husband has a man cold. The whole idea is regardless of how insignificant it might seem, to be able to come to God with whatever is on your mind or whatever you may need patience with in that day. But today, it seemed like the date was kind of important because we are going to talk. I'm going to mention some current events a little bit. So if you are totally stressed out over current events, then turn this one off and go and find some music. But if not, I hope that you'll stick with me for a few minutes because there was something I just wanted to touch on. Um, obviously after I, like, I barely clicked publish on the last podcast when I was like, oh, God's not done with humanity. And then I turn on the TV and I'm like, "Mm, well, maybe, maybe he is after all. Obviously the events at the Capitol last week were horrific and embarrassing and just ugly for our country. I've been in news and commentary hole and have had to dig myself out of it. So if you've been like me, you've, you've heard it all. You've heard every possible commentary on it there can be. It was just that one of them, one of the commentaries that I heard struck me in a not so great way. It was Arnold Schwarzenegger's video. Did you see this? It's Governor Arnold sitting at his desk. He's got this grimace on his face. So, you know, he's really serious and there are flags in the background. It's all very dramatic. And at one point he picks up the sword from Conan the Barbarian and Talks about how, just like how a steel sword gets tempered in flame and gets stronger, so too will our democracy through these, you know, horrible times of darkness. And overall, I think it's a fine message. I think it's a, I think it's a nice message. And I like Arnold, you know, I loved True Lies and I loved Kindergarten Cop. But what bothered me was in the very beginning of the episode, he compared the events of last Wednesday to a night called Crystal Knocked, which is the night of broken glass. Now, had I not had personal experience interviewing a survivor of that night, it may not have hit me in the same way. So I just wanted to share that a little bit with you and why it's so important, I think, to get these things right. I had never heard of Kristallnacht until I was covering a Yom HaShoah Holocaust Remembrance event three years ago. Survivor Ralph Jacobson was the keynote speaker of the day. He often gives speeches to middle schools and high schools, and to draw the students in, he tries to make them understand what it felt like to be a kid going through this, a kid their age going through these horrors. But he talks about how he had friendships with Christians that had to stop for the safety of their families and things like that that might seem like the small details, but the kids there can connect with. And that's kind of the door opening to understanding this horrific event in our history. Well, on that November night of Kristallnacht, he was 10 years old. His father, a doctor, had already been murdered by German guards. So at 10, he was the man of the house. When the Germans went door to door, knocking and asking to see the men of the house, he was right there with his mom. They looked at him and said, well, how old is he? She said, he's 10. And they kind of shook their heads and said, oh, he's too young. And they walked away. If he had been just a couple years older, he would have been arrested on the spot and taken to a concentration camp. On the night of Kristallnacht, 91 Jews were murdered. 1,400 synagogues were burned. And mind you, there were firefighters right there. 
firefighters in every town were given strict instruction to keep an eye on the flames and to intervene if those flames spread to non-Jewish property. And though Ralph escaped this fate that night, 30,000 Jewish men were ripped from their homes and taken immediately to concentration camps, most of whom were never seen again. So I hope you can see why this comparison between what happened at the Capitol and Kristallnacht bothered me. I'm not trying to diminish in any way what happened at the Capitol. It was awful, but the differences are really big too. First of all, our leaders across the board have absolutely denounced what happened. They have called the people who broke into the Capitol exactly what they are, domestic terrorists. And because of facial recognition software and what can only be described as a mix of stupidity and vanity, most, if not every single one of the perpetrators are going to be found and they're going to be prosecuted for what they did. No one was prosecuted on Kristallnacht. And on top of all of that, it did not stop our Congress from doing their job. I can give Congress a lot of grief. I'm not rah, 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 any politician really, but I have a lot of respect and admiration and appreciation for the members of our Senate and House Representatives who went back into the chambers and did what they had to do for as long as they had to to make sure that their job got done that day. So Wednesday was awful, but it was not Kristallnacht, and I sincerely pray that we never realize just how far off that comparison is. But what struck me is the comparison itself and how often we invoke the name of Nazi Germany whenever we disagree with someone politically. Why do we do that? Why must we always invoke the worst possible name when we disagree with someone? And I used to think that we were so quick to do that because it was just incredibly damning. It was the worst thing we could possibly say about our political enemies is that they're Nazis. So it's harsh. It's shocking. It gets the point across really, really fast. I really took some time to think about it after Arnold made that comparison just because it seemed so off to me. And I think what strikes me is that when people think about World War II, we not only think about the horrors of the Holocaust, but we wonder, how did it happen? How did trains and trains and trains full of Jewish people and the people who were helping them or hiding them or anyone who was, you know, an enemy to the party, how did they get shipped off and mass murdered and nobody spoke up? It felt like no one was speaking up. Everyone was being secretive and, and standing by as their neighbors were being ripped from their house. And we all think, that would never be me. That would never be me. I would never do that. How could that have happened? And I think in light of that, when we are genuinely feeling, like I'm feeling a little bit more forgiving of people making these comparisons now than I used to. It used to just get me really, really mad because I would think they were purposely saying the harshest thing they could. But now I think it's something different. I think that we are so desperate to not be the people who just stood by that we are going to try and be the ones to call out anything that we fear might become something like that. We don't want to be someone who passively lets evil happen, which that in and of itself is a good thing. That's a great thing. Of course we want to be people who don't let evil happen. That's phenomenal. But the problem is, is when that motivation, when those good intentions are based and driven by fear, it manifests, I think, in ways that we don't intend. And we see this on social media every single day, right? So we've got two friends, Sam and Dina. Sam posts a video montage of Capitol rioters getting arrested. And she's thinking, I'm going to share this. I'm going to highlight the wrongdoers. I'm going to be on the right side of history because I am calling out and shaming the wrongdoers. 
I won't be like the ones who watched the Nazis take over and didn't say anything. Except, not all people in that particular video were at the Capitol. So her friend Dina sees the video, and because of the other articles she has read that seem to be a little bit inaccurate, she knows that there's more to this than meets the eye, and that there's a lot of misinformation out there. So she thinks, I'm going to be on the right side of history. I'm going to question everything. I won't blindly believe what I'm told, like the Germans who believed the Nazi propaganda. So Dina posts about how evil might run deeper than we know, and Sam can't believe it. She speaks up. How can you possibly think that? And then everybody comes in, and people start arguing in the comments, and someone calls Sam an idiot, and another calls Dina a racist. And even though they've known each other for forever, and they know that the other one is not an idiot or a racist, they don't speak up, because it's more important to be on the right side of history. Both of them leave the conversation shaking their head that someone they thought they knew so well could possibly be so wrong. Maybe they unfriend one another, maybe they block one another, and when the time comes that somebody knocks on their door, would the other one speak up? Would the other one even know? Because at this point they've become so disconnected from one another that they have no idea what the reality of the other person's life is. Have you ever seen anything like this on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't even go on. Maybe I should go on Instagram more. That seems like a more pleasant place. But anyway, think about a friend or a family member that you disagree with. Be perfectly clear, just in case, I am not talking about criminals. I am not talking about neo-Nazis. I am not talking about anyone who would ever associate themselves with Nazism. Those people should not only be blocked or unfriended, but they should be reported to the FBI unequivocally right now so if you know those people report them just think about someone who voted differently than you did someone that maybe you have unfollowed on facebook or you have been unfollowed by on facebook because you disagree politically someone that even as i'm talking to you right now you admit that you cannot believe that the person you're thinking of buys what their leaders are selling them what do you see when you think of that person do you see their humanity or do you see their beliefs? Actually, let me be just a little bit more honest in my question. Do you see their humanity, or do you see how you categorize their beliefs? Look, none of us would like to think that we'd stand by as an innocent woman is being dragged down the street by her hair, or as young men are being ripped from their homes, but when guns are drawn and your own family is being threatened, it takes a lot of courage to speak up, and if there is even a doubt in your mind about their humanity... Would you do it? Because if we hesitate for a second on a hypothetical like that, if we hesitate to defend somebody on Twitter or Facebook, where it's easy to do that, then it's time we look in the mirror. Because when we act with this righteous indignation and this accusation and assumption, we might be a lot closer than we think to becoming what we fear. But it's not because the assault on the Capitol done by domestic terrorists who are being prosecuted, was our Kristallnacht, but because each and every single one of us are losing our basic belief in the humanity of people who are not like us. We cannot diminish the events of history, of events like Kristallnacht. It is so important to be accurate and honest about the events of our history so we don't repeat them. But at the exact same time, we should not be in denial about where we are right now, and how we have become so divided. Thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate your time, and I promise I'm going to stay, for the most part, totally away from current events, 
I think. Um, and I will get back to talking more about the Bible. But to be totally honest, I'm not sure we wanted to do a deep dive on the parts I've been reading lately because I got through the, you know, lot. Um, the angels came and he's like, hey, crowd, horrible mob of people. Don't rape the angels. Here, let me get my daughters. And then the next page over, they're like, hey, let's get dad drunk and have kids by him. So not the most fun stories of the Bible to sit and digest for a long time. But in light of the whole point of this podcast and the honest prayer, I did want to just read um, one of my favorite scriptures, and it does have to do with fear and what we've been talking about, and it's Wisdom chapter 17, verse 21. Over them alone was spread oppressive night, an image of the darkness that next should come upon them, yet they were to themselves more burdensome than the darkness. Dear Lord, please let us all stop being stupid idiots and being more burdensome to ourselves than the actual evil around us. Amen. Thank you again for listening. Don't give up on me. It's going to be so much more lighthearted next time, I think, unless something crazy happens. I don't know. I'll see you then. Mm -hmm.